Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hello, I'm Jonathan Moles, and you're listening to the FT Startup Podcast, a 10-part guide to creating and growing a business. This week, we look at how to manage your company's image. How do you build a distinctive brand and loyal customer following? Adrian Lomas founded Blue Leaf, a digital marketing agency in Chester in the northwest of England. It now has a second office in London's creative heartland of Soho and has built up a significant client list of multinational brands. I went to visit him in his Soho office to find out a bit more about his story. In your business, you're building websites, sort of mobile sites of people like Retailer Next and yeah. Laura Ashley. Yes. I suppose, in a sense, what you're doing is making their brand look good. Yes. So how do you balance that with making sure they and other people will say, well, that's a good job done by Blue Leaf there yes. without, you know, sort of pushing yourself forward too much? Yes. I think it's an interesting thing because in many ways what we do is not necessarily what people really really want what people really want from our services is, is better results better sales they want an uplift in their sales so what we're doing is just coming in and effectively creating the right site or doing conversion or, or creating a set of tools to achieve the real goal so what we're about really is making sure that people are aware of what the end goal is and making sure that we're hopefully achieving those goals why is brand so important I think we all know brand, if I'm honest about it. We all buy brand, so whether it's an Apple or Nike, we're aware of what it sort of stands for, and I think that's why I relate that into what we do in, in Blue Leaf as a brand. We've got to think about what it stands for, how we speak with people, how we interact, how we project ourselves. In many ways, that's more of the brand than the actual logo, which is sat on the top of it. You know, anyone can get a £1,000 logo. That's not the brand. It's how you deal with people, which is the brand. And so... What did you do to protect that brand you have? To protect it was probably not a conscious thing. After many years, if I'm honest about it, at first it was, it was just the logo and the way that we worked. But then I decided to actually go out to the competitors that I know of and started to communicate with them. So it was a different twist on how I think people tend to work. The difference with that was that I could identify what we did as a niche I could speak with other agency owners and find out what their niche was, and then we managed to start to refer work between us. So it, it clarified our niche position, really, in the marketplace. So what you're talking about is, rather than what many people might think of as brand protection, going to an IP lawyer mm -hmm. or a trademark attorney, you took this slightly different approach of going to your competitors mm -hmm. and talking with them and sharing ideas. And you formed a group called 
chimps. What yes. does chimps stand for and what does that do? Well, it was started in Cheshire, so it's Cheshire's Innovative Marketing Professionals. And chimps sounds better. Basically, it's founders and owners of creative and digital agencies that just get together once every two months. And we share ideas, we help each other, which, as I say, is, is probably a slightly strange way that people see it, but it's, it's really helped to identify our position. We now get lots of referrals from them and we're able to give those guys referrals as well, so it works both ways. People might think working with competitors, that's sort of giving away lots of IP. What do you say to that? We're not giving away any IP in any shape or form. What we're doing is saying, look, we're experts at retail. This is exactly what we do. We only work in the digital space for retail. So if leads come in which aren't in that sector, we can then just move them straight on. And likewise, what they're finding is, actually, yeah, it's a, it's a retail opportunity, then they can pass it straight to us. So it, because of that transparency of, of us being very, very open, it's not about sharing all the facts and figures of how much you charge and all that sort of stuff. It's more about your position in the marketplace, which is what we're sharing. And what about other people further afield? Are there other ways that you protect your brand maybe in an international marketplace? Yeah, I think, again, from a protection, it's, it's probably not a, a conscious... You're right, you, you can go out and do the legal route of protecting your brand, which we have done as well. But what we're about really is making sure that we position it in the mind of people. Yeah. positioning our brand very clearly in their mind as to what we're about and in many ways that's how we're protecting it you know other people that may want our services are able just to see that with clarity that's exactly what we do it's just making it much clearer for them David Molian is a senior lecturer at Cranfield University School of Management in the UK he trained in consumer goods advertising and has been personally involved in the founding and sale of three businesses. I asked him for his tips for people looking to create their first brand. David, what's the key to creating a strong brand identity? I think, Jonathan, the first decision regarding your branding is whether the name and identity should describe the business. Virgin, for example, captured the spirit of sexual liberation that was prevailing when founder Sir Richard Branson was growing up in the 60s and 70s. Sir Richard presented his business as a challenger to the old order, as, if you like, an alternative form of capitalism. Another example, this time in the B2B space, would be bid writing, a younger business that's been on our business growth programme at Cranfield. And its name says exactly what it does, which is to help clients write tenders to bid for contracts. You also need to ask yourself whether you want a brand which sounds like the rest of the market, that's to say the incumbent players, or is distinctively different. And the deciding factor here is usually what the market feels comfortable with. So an example of this would be the beauty products business Crabtree and Evelyn, which was started in the US but has managed throughout its history to convey an image of a British heritage through its name. So how then do you promote the brand if you're a maybe small business on a tight budget? Well, I could suggest three strategies here. First of all, identify and speak to the journalists who specialise in your sector. You'll gain most interest from them if you have an interesting story to tell about how and why you got into business or a fresh take on the market. If you can support this story with research that provokes a debate on the state of your market, so much the better. 
And that's the first step in establishing thought leadership that will mark you out as different from the crowd. And next, if you can present a good case, seek to enter business awards in your sector, because that's a good way of raising your profile very cost-effectively. And finally, look to get case studies and testimonials from your customers as early as possible and disseminate these widely. Your best sales force are not necessarily on your payroll. They're often satisfied customers who go on to become your advocates. We're also now in an age of fast-moving technology. We have social media like Twitter and Facebook. And the, the mantra often is for entrepreneurs is that this technology is only driving down the cost of doing all sorts of things like branding, maybe also enabling you to be more agile. Do you think this changes rules? And how do you think the advent of social media and other technology changes the branding question? Well, it certainly creates more opportunities to get your message out and speak to your market across a variety of platforms. I think, based on what I've observed over the years of development of social media and how the entrepreneurs that we work with use it, there are two pieces of advice I'd offer. One is, when you go onto social media, make sure you've got something to say. There's no point in just making noise for the sake of it. And the second is... Choose your social media selectively. So aim for the kind of social media which your target customers are tuned into. But these fundamental rules haven't changed because we've got new ways of communicating. No, I don't think so. I think the same rules apply, that people will pay attention to something which engages their attention and which actively adds value to their business and maybe shines a fresh light on it. So... Don't just make noise for the sake of it. Always contribute something that's got something for your customers to take away. Maybe people are more aware of their brand now. People set up a Twitter account and think that they're a brand managing themselves. Absolutely, I think that's true. It's partly because there is so much going on, there are so many offers made to people, that if you can help guide people to make their choices in a market that's full of noise, customers actively appreciate that because it cuts down the time that they have to spend on making those sorts of decisions. So building a brand that instills confidence and trust in in your customers, providing evidence to support it, can only help further your cause and grow your business. And with all this wonderful technology, what do you think are the reasons why people fail to grab that? Why do more companies not sort of grab that? Opportunity. I think the ones that succeed are the ones who understand that the technology might be new, but the rules of communication still apply. So if you don't have a clear idea of what it is you want to say and why people should want to listen, but you just make noise for the sake of it, then you can't really expect to make your mark. But if you've got a very clear communications plan and it's integrated and it supports everything else that you're doing in terms of other media communications in mainstream press or business magazines for example then you're much more likely to get people's attention david thank you very much been a pleasure now back to adrian at blue leaf can he offer any advice on creating and protecting a startup brand uh, yeah i think they need to be very very clear about who they are and what they stand for i think it's important that they're clear about their purpose why they go to work every day, what the team go to work for, 
I think it's really, really important that they have a clear set of values, which are clear for all of the team and they manage people on those values. I think that's crucial. And the clarity on where the business is really going. You know, I think we, so many people plan their holiday better than they plan their life. You know, I, I think really if they can plan their business and say, well, they really want to be going with the business and share that with the people within the team, so much easier in my mind to row a boat if you're rowing it all in the same direction to the same destination. Next week, we'll be asking how you deal with growth and why success in business presents its own challenges. Until then, email any questions you may have about any of the problems raised in this series to me, jonathan.moles at ft.com. Goodbye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.